Well, hello, CFI. It's Richie. Welcome back to the podcast. You are tuning in to our last week of our Love, Sex, and Dating series called Catching Feelings, where we had a panel discussion with our amazing small group leaders. We've got incredible volunteers that week in and week out pour into our high school kids, and we had a few of them on the panel. Brian and Amanda Fitzgerald, Liv Fielden, Emily Miller, Philip Edwards, and myself. So it was super fun being able to answer questions that were sent in by our high school students, and we were able to kind of re- uh, hit on or dive even deeper on every topic that we we talked about in the series. So I hope you enjoy it because uh, it was fun. I'll say this too, uh, you know, with the topics that we talk about with love, sex, and dating, um, man, scroll back to the other other weeks because we do a much deeper dive in those weeks on those topics than we're able to necessarily get after uh, just in this panel discussion. But I hope you enjoy it because, like I said, it was a blast. But uh, we won't be back till after the new year. Uh, so enjoy this and have fun. It was a great time doing it, so I hope you enjoyed it as well. See ya. I'm going to have these guys introduce themselves. I think you know most of them, um, but they're going to say who they are, and I think you know this. the answer to this question too, but they're also going to talk about, yeah, just their, their relationship status. We'll say that. How about that? So you get a little, little update on it. So uh, we'll start closest to me. So, Brian, you're first. Yeah, my name is Brian Fitzgerald. I'm trying to figure out how long we've been married. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm married, and we've been married for nine years now. And am I. <laughs> Woo! Is it on? Sorry. I probably led you astray. Hello. Hi. Okay, I'm Amanda. Um, that's my husband, Brian. Nine and a half years. Nine and a half. Nine my name's Liv Fielden, and I've been married for three years now to my husband, who's in the back. High school sweetheart. Woo-woo! High school sweetheart. Did you guys hear that? It's the only one I've ever heard of. So, just kidding. <laughs> Emily, uh, I've been married for almost four years. On January 4th, that'll be four years. Oh, so. wow. Winter wedding. That yeah. was probably fun. It was, a lot of, it was great. Yeah. Uh, my name is Philip. I'm not... I'm single. <laughs> yeah. yeah! Come on. Make some noise. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. We, needed, we needed Philip's single expertise up here. So for all you single people, you should listen to Philip tonight. For all of you that have been like, none of this whole series has applied to me. That's a terrible mindset, by the now way. Now it's, we're here to explain. <laughs> yes. Um, that, actually, the whole series has been for the single people, so you don't screw up like the rest of us. Um, but we're, we're going to talk tonight on some different topics, different, uh, yeah, just different ideas around the idea of love, sex, dating, breakups, man, a bunch of different questions on that, uh, some different, different things. But we'll start, man, um, we'll start here. We'll start with kind of around the topic of dating, which is something we talked about in the first week, and it kind of bled over into the remaining weeks, Right. Uh, because I think that's probably the most prevalent one uh, that you guys are asking questions about, wondering about, whatever that is, right? And so we kind of hit on this concept in the first week, um, but this question says, how do you know if someone you want to date or are dating now really loves Jesus and isn't just a Christian? We talked about this the first week, right, that our intention uh, when we're trying to find someone that loves the Lord, we shouldn't just be asking the question like, hey, like, they're Christians, so, like, this relationship's fine. But the question we want to ask is, like, does this person actually make me love Jesus more? 
And so this question is set around, like, how do you know the difference? Like, how do I, how can I tell? How do I know? So whoever wants that, take it away. Don't be shy either, guys. just say for one like through conversation to have that conversation with the person that you're interested in would be extremely important and then also their willingness to be part of like church events or even like conversations again and stuff like that if they're really hesitant to come to church with you or shut you down when you try to have that conversation that's probably like the biggest Good answer. Also, I would say by the fruit that they bear, right? So you can just see how their their character is, their integrity, how they manage situations. So that would be another sign, I guess, that's always key. Yeah, that's good. I think we said this when we were talking too, but I think of too, maybe I've just been in youth ministry too long, but when people start dating and then they go MIA on coming on Wednesday nights, it's usually like a red flag for me. So um, I would say like, man, this is a part of your life before you met that person. It's probably at least a decently big part of your life if you've been coming regularly. So invite them into it. Like, invite them into your life. Let them be a part of it. Um, but, yeah, I think that's good. You got anything else, Phil? Yeah? Um, I just, I don't know. I, this really applies not just to dating, but just, like, your friends and people you, like, surround yourself and live life with. Um, like, all my friends pretty much growing up in high school were Christians and, like, went to church. But I don't think, like, a single one of them maybe, except maybe, like, one or t- except for one or two, like, to this day, like, actually know Jesus. They just, like, believe in Jesus. Like, they know who he is, and maybe, sure, they believe in Jesus and love Jesus. But, like, they, Je- like, he's, like, I explain to people all the time, like, I used to just put Jesus in a little box and put him in the corner, and he wasn't actually, like, the main thing. And he was just, like, an extra part of my life that I, like, went to sometimes whenever I was at church or whatever. And I think a lot of people do that, whether that's your friends or whoever. And I think that when choosing, like, a friend or a potential person you're dating, whatever you call it, I don't know, they, um, Jesus needs to be the main thing. And, like, when you, like, interact with this person, it shouldn't just be, like, you shouldn't just save Jesus for, like, when you're at small group time or, like, whenever you're having, like, a set. It should just be, like, you should just constantly be, like, he should just be the main thing that you're focused on all the time, and, like, if you're going to eat lunch, just, like, well, yeah, God's really been teaching me a lot about this and this, and, like, God's really been showing me in this season, like, how to love uh, myself more, and just different things of, like, just, does that make sense? I don't know. I'm just kind of word vomiting. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. That's really good. You I got something, too? an cool. imagery yeah. of what you're talking about. So what was told for me is it's kind of like a triangle, right? And God's at the top, and then you and your significant other are on the sides. And the closer you are to Jesus, the closer you are to each other. And so if you keep our, like lip looking to God instead of looking at one another, then you're going to be closer. Plus, you're closer to Jesus. So that's a win-win situation right there. That's good. I like that, Emily. That's really good. Yeah. We're going to stay on the topic of dating because I'm feeling this. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling like we need to hit this. Um, so here's some other questions. Like this is that person was about like if I'm already in a relationship. But what about this one? If you're thinking about being in a relationship with someone or currently are, what are good ways to like bring Jesus into the center of it? Like maybe maybe they haven't done that before or uh, whatever, but now they want to. Like how would you incorporate that? I mean, how would you incorporate that with your friends? 
you know, in just in your life in general. You're going to talk about God. You're going to be like, man, I was reading scripture this morning and I saw this thing. And you're just like, it's going to be part of your conversation. Because what's happening is it's like, if that's your focus, that's just going to come up, you know. And, oh, hey, you hear this awesome podcast? Here, let's talk about that. See how God's moving in my life? It's super cool. Hey, let's go volunteer at this. It's just in every aspect of your life, not just in conversation or sitting in church. Yeah, that's good. I would say, too, um, I think maybe this is I'm putting you married people on the spot. Do you guys do, like, devos with your significant other? Have you done that before? What is because I'll be like Jen and I, whenever we try that, it hasn't worked well. <laughs> so we haven't always done that. But I say that because every relationship is different, right? And so I think this is part of the experiential process of like, if you're trying to figure out how to put Jesus at the center, then try studying the scripture together. Like, try listening to a message or sharing podcasts with one another and talking about it. Uh, it might work for some of you, it might not, you know? Um, like we, I remember in college because we had like no idea what we were doing. We were trying to like read the Bible together, and I was like, "This is so dumb." Um, not that like the act of reading the Bible was dumb, but what we wanted out of it wasn't happening, and I felt like we were forcing something that wasn't natural for us together. And so we we learned, you know, I think more what you said, Emily, of just uh, because he was the center of our lives, it's it spread out into just everyday conversation or come up randomly or whatever that is but I guess yeah speak to that like if any of you guys have done something with your significant other that's been more intentional okay so this took us a really long time to figure out but um we're polar opposites and he likes quiet meditations like really reading over one scripture passage for like weeks and I'm like let's go people I like people I like talking to other people about things um so early on we learned that like doing stuff together didn't work well, but one thing that we do do together is anytime we have, like, a big decision to make or anything, we pray about it together, um, and so we pray silently, and then we tell each other what we heard, and if we're in agreement, then we take a step forward. If we're not in agreement, then we pause on that, and we wait until we've kind of figured out or be in agreement about something, so we do pray together. Yeah, we we've, we've do that, too, especially, like you said, in big life decisions. Jenna always makes fun of me because I'll, like, throw music on, and she's like, you don't need to do that. Like, we can <laughs> – I'm like, no, like, we got to set the mood. Like, we really got to get in it. But, no, I remember specifically us praying to move down here. This is a cool story, just affirmation of it. And, um, man, we went through the whole interview process and everything. Jenna was already convinced we were going, but I was like, we let's just be diligent. Let's take time, carve it out uh, on a night and just pray and ask the Lord, like, what he wants us to know about this whole Tennessee thing. And at the end of that prayer time, it was, you know, we, we kind of already sensed that it was, but it was confirmed that, hey, we want you, I want you to move down here. And uh, so we were, w what I ended up doing is uh, calling Derek later that night and like, hey, man, I accept the job, blah, blah, blah. He was super pumped and it was exciting. But what was crazy is we were like, well, let's go celebrate. We didn't have kids at the time. So we jumped in the car uh, to go out to dinner uh, at our favorite spot when we were up in Michigan. And as we get in our car and, and uh, start getting in our neighborhood, which is like, we're not on like, it's not a highway, like it's a neighborhood. We pull behind a car and the first car we're behind has a Tennessee license plate on it. And the Lord was just like, I got you. Uh, I don't know. I'll never forget that. But yeah, that's really good. Anything else on that? Anyone want to share? Yeah, I also just wanted to mention Caleb and I really like serving people together. Um, 
hopefully that's like around the Jesus aspect of it, but that's something that we love doing because we're very different groups. And yeah, good devotional hasn't worked. <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah. really good. Yeah, for sure. Maybe you guys jump in and uh, serve on the coffee team on Sunday mornings if you're oh, trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, sweet. So um, here's some other questions around this around this idea. So this one says, say you're in a situation where you both like each other, but they're super shy and won't come out and tell you, won't have the conversation. Do you just cut it off if it's too confusing, or how do you have the conversation? How would you handle that? So basically what I think this person's saying is they're – the, the, there's a mutual liking going on, but no one's talking about it. <laughs> so how do you how do you handle that? You put on your big boy pants if you're the guy, <laughs> and you just say, you just walk up to her and be like, "Hey, I think you're really awesome. Can I take you out on a date?" I don't think it has to be the guy approaching the girl either. It can be the girl approaching the guy. It could be anybody, but you know. Conversation. Yeah. So, so here's maybe a deeper question to this. Why is this such a problem? Like, why, when people are, like, talking, and we'll get into that in a minute, like, why is there, like, such an inability to, like, say what your intentions are in the relationship, do you think? Because we're afraid of rejection. Yeah. Most people are. So, I mean, it's part of your nature at the beginning. So you just have to overcome that fear. And I feel like uh, when you step out, you've learned from those situations. Even if there is rejection, you still learn from them. So it's worth taking the chance and taking the risk. I also think when you're getting your identity from Jesus, then rejection just hits differently. And that's like a red flag. If that absolutely crushes you, then maybe you're not like receiving your identity from God, but you're allowing that person to give you an identity. Yeah, that's really good. That's fire. Preach, Liv. <laughs> Liv was like the most nervous to do this, and so far you're crushing it. So, um, yeah, that's really good. I think it is. Uh, I don't know. How many of you guys have read Brene Brown stuff, listened to any of her stuff? If you haven't, she's got uh, I don't know if I should endorse this because I'm pretty sure she swears in it. But uh, a Netflix documentary that's pretty, pretty powerful, honestly. Um, but she talks about how, like, the way our brains work, and you can probably tell me if I'm wrong, Emily, <laughs> but, like, you, if you shut off, um, like, your ability to love because you're too scared to get vulnerable, you're scared of rejection, whatever it is, you actually shut off your ability to experience joy. Like, you can't compartmentalize your emotions. So, because you're stopping yourself from experiencing joy, um, that's why it. That's why it. Like it sometimes feels super anxious or even depressing when you're in that weird stage with somebody because you're not allowing your emotions to do what they're supposed to be doing, which is you to take that risk to have that conversation, right? And I think she has some lines, something like, "Man, if you, if you don't risk uh, to be rejected, you'll never be loved," or something like that. Um, and yeah, that just really has always resonated with me. So, cool, cool. Um, all right, talking. Let's talk about that. How long should you stay talking before it goes to dating? Or when, when do you know, like, you should stop being in the talking phase? Also, maybe this is like a like a uh, audience question. Can anyone define that we're talking? <laughs> Can you define that for us? <laughs> Getting to know each other. Okay, so at what point have you gotten to know each other? <laughs> 
Okay, okay. Uh, but for real, just give some, give some insight into that, guys. Like, how long should that period of time go on before it's like, okay, like, are we going to do this or are we not? What do you think? Anybody? Yeah, like, like what needs to happen, whether it's length of time, a situation where it's like, okay, we're done talking, meaning we're either going to date and actually be exclusive or, like, this needs to be done. Like, because here's the problem I see, and maybe where this question is stemming from, is the talking phase goes on for seven months. <laughs> and then everybody's confused and gets hurt. And then, like, someone's like, why are you hurt? We weren't dating. He's like, what did you think we were doing the last seven months? Like, just Snapchatting every 30 seconds for fun? Um, anyway, so speaking of that. This is probably an unpopular opinion, but I think the talking phase screams, I will not commit. And so if you are stuck in this talking phase when you all know that you like each other, why not date? That's my question. Because it's like, you get to, to a point, you're like, hey, he's cute. I'm going to talk with him. Okay, we're like friends. Okay, we both know that we have feelings for each other. We've both said that we have feelings for each other. You're dating without putting that label on. So that's what I say. I think that's good. Yeah. Any other thoughts? No? Uh, to Sybil's point, because she gave us a real answer. You're getting to know each other. Shouldn't take longer than a month. All right. At that point, have a hard conversation. <laughs> so there's a there's a time frame for you if you're looking for it. Um, all right. Last last kind of concept on dating. <coughs> we'll move on to to something else. But how do you know personally if you're ready to be in a relationship? Like, how do you know you're in a good spot? You're ready to to date somebody. What are what do you what do you think are some kind of mile markers to be self aware of? When you're not looking for one. Ooh. It's true though. <laughs> because you're finally in a place where you're comfortable and happy with where you're at in life. You don't need somebody else to fill you up because you, it's you and Jesus ch chilling. So you don't need a relationship to fill you up at that point. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> good. Anybody else? Any other thoughts on dating you think you should chime in on? I'm sure it will come up later. But All right, so how about on the opposite of dating? Maybe we'll give, we'll give Philip the mic here. Like, <laughs> this is not a roast, all right? Like, the majority of the world is single, so I don't know. <laughs> um, but for real, around singleness, this question says, specifically, how do you deal with being a single? It's hard for me to be hopeful about my future or a potential, like, family future situation when lies are being put in my head constantly that I won't have a family. Uh, does that, I don't know if that makes sense. That's literally what they said. Um, but yeah, like how do you how do you handle the season of singleness? What does that look like? How do you steward that well? Yeah. Well, let me tell you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know I have been um, single for a good minute of time, and um, I'll be a little bit vulnerable because my mom's not in here. Um, I didn't really know how to be single until like 2021, to be honest. Like 20, like July 21. Because I spent so much of, like, high school, like, I probably went on a thousand, like, first dates with, like, where I was talking to a girl, and I'd eventually, like, we'd be in that little talking phase for, like, however long, and then you'd go on a date, and then it's just, like, whack, I don't know, because I was just, n none of them ever worked out, and so I was just, like, constantly, like, 
not really pursuing a relationship the right way, and I was trying to receive affirmation from other people and not from God, and I still had Jesus in this little box in the corner. And then when I finally realized, like, I need to make Jesus the main thing and, like, not be worried about, like, he just needs to be number one, then I was like, I need to figure out what it looks like for me to walk with Jesus, just me and him. Like, what does it look like just, what does my life look like with just Jesus? Because, like, I can't really put myself in a relationship with somebody if I don't even, like, haven't even figured out what it totally looks like for me to be walking with Jesus and in a relationship with him. And um, I can honestly say that, like, I guess the last year or so has been, like, probably the best year of my life. And just, like, I have so much, like, peace and joy of just, like, I only receive affirmation from Jesus. And I'm not looking for some, like, girl in my school or whatever to, like, say nice things about me or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) But, like, I'm only, like, it's just me and Jesus. And, like, I'm cool with that. It's, It's been, like, great. Like, it's not a bad thing to be single when you are single with Jesus. Let's put that on a t-shirt <laughs> or something. Maybe. That's our next t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, the future and your hope for a family, I think it is a, it's a lie that you're believing. One, you're very young. I didn't get married until I was 30 years old, so you got a lot of time. The second is the lie. So where did that lie come from? That uh, you probably need to meet with one of us but uh, just pray through that lie and figure out where the root is. It could be a dude. Yeah. But uh, just pray through that and understand where that root lie is coming from because that's not true. That's good. Anybody else? Can I say that's clear? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think it just goes back to a little bit of what you both said, just trusting that the Lord cares more about your life than you do. Like, he knows, he knows what is best for you. And so I say this, like, if you've ever met with me after a breakup, I've probably said this line to you. But if, uh, man, if it's not this person and you're, you're this, like, broken by it and you, you really saw a future with them and we're really hoping that it would be, if it's not this person, how much better is the one that God has for you, right? So, so shifting your, your pain into trusting the Lord that, like, man, if it's not, going to be this relationship, how much better is the person that he has for me, right? Uh, and I think just keeping that perspective that he will. He knows the desires of your heart. Um, I remember in college, there was a, a message on, like, how do you know? Because Paul says, he makes a clear distinction that, man, some people are called to be single for the rest of their life. And uh, I remember the the pastor sharing, and uh, he he gave this, like, kind of, like, honestly, like, burden-lifting message around the concept that, like, man, if your heart's desire is to, like, have a family and, like, be married, the Lord's not going to be like, too bad. (laughs) Like, nope, I know the deepest desires of your heart. I'm crushing it. Like, no, the ones he's called to singleness, like, they feel called into that. I have a friend like that, literally. I have a friend who feels called into, like, a lifetime of just committed between him and the Lord. That's it. And, like, it is a grace over his life that I definitely never had, right? And so you know, and so don't walk in the fear that like, man, am I going to be single the rest of my life? Like the Lord, the Lord has you. Um, he cares about you. So just just walk with him in that. So cool. So on the back end of dating, there's always breakups, always heartache, pain, tough, tough stuff, right? Uh, so here's a few questions around that, around the idea of breakups and love, right? Uh, this is from a guy specifically. <laughs> it says, I am not dating this girl. Um, 
but we have this thing, it literally in quotations, I think that's the talking face, um, <laughs> and it says, I have lost feelings for her and need help ending it with her, but I don't want to be mean or hurt her feelings. How do I do this in a nice way? I would say it is more, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's more mean to string along a girl that you do not like than it is to break up with her. Say that 100%. again, because I don't think people are listening. That was it really good. It is more disrespectful, everybody in the back, to string <laughs> along a girl if you do not like her than it is to try to not be mean, because that is being mean. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just it, right? And it's what Philip said. Put on your big boy pants, right? Com th this is what, honestly, if you're heading into a hard conversation, don't tell yourself it's not going to be hard. It's going to suck. Like, it's going to be hard. Like, this is not going to be fun. So have that uh, that just perspective and jump into it. You know what I mean? Um, because, yeah, it's just not, it's not going to be beneficial. You know, it's not going to help you. Uh, it's only going to hurt you, and it's going to nag at you big time, and it's going to suck the, like, joy out of your life in the process, so. Wait, I have one more thing that I yeah. want to add to that. Yep. Also, I feel like it's a matter of, like, self-respect. When you leave someone, even if, even if the relationship is good, but it's not healthy, it's, like, respecting yourself to end that relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I think we said this, Jen and I, the first week, but, like, uh, you know you're ready for a relationship. Also, going back to that earlier question, but it ties in with this if you can break up with this person and it still be a benefit to you, like that time together was still a benefit for you guys, right? And not like a scar and horrible, horrible memory. Uh, that's how you know you can handle that. But yeah, so what about this one? If you know someone isn't good for you or the relationship isn't good slash healthy, why do I keep going back to them? How do I get over someone I feel so attached to? Uh, seems relatable by the uh, audience noise, <laughs> but really, how do you how do you uh, how do you handle that? How do you, man? If you know this isn't right, this isn't good, this isn't healthy, what do you think are some root things of why people go back to that? Probably because it's comfortable. You think it's comfortable, but um, obviously we've talked about this a lot. But um, it's a lie that you're believing about yourself. Um, and you're not addressing that, and so you're just continuously living in this lie or building up these calluses over time um, to protect yourself because you're in such self-protection mode. Um, I would say, like, it is really hard to get over somebody that you thought that you were in love with, but knowing that it's not healthy for you and just taking that step like, over time, it will get easier. Just like anything that we do hard in life, like, as time goes on, it will get easier. And the Lord's going to put people in your life or a person in your life that's even better than the other person. Um, so I think just choosing to believe what God says about you every day or whenever you're having negative thoughts um, is probably the key to, like, help you get out of that um, sadness or feeling of loss or anything like that. And just, like, talk with your friends and your parents. Like, just be vulnerable with them because I'm sure they've all experienced that, and they can just help you and, like, speak into you and fill your time with things. Like, stop filling your time with things that aren't healthy or beneficial for you. Um, that's going to also put you on the right path for, for healing yourself. That's good. I would say it's like the cookie jar analysis, right? <laughs> like, I, if you bring in a bunch of cookies into my house, 
I'm going to eat them all. That's why I set boundaries and don't bring cookies into my house. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> so set some healthy boundaries with the uh, person and try to stay away from them if you are hurt or if uh, in a situation where you feel pain, every time you see them, just go to a place where you can meet with Jesus and uh, heal that pain. Yeah, and it's hard, like, especially if you dated for a length of time or you just feel super attached or in love, like, it can be difficult. And I think what happens sometimes, too, is there's, depending on the, the level of the relationship, but what I see hurt it even more is when people think that they can be friends after they've dated or be friends too quickly. And I've just, honestly, I don't know if I've ever seen that work out the next day, right? You might in time be able to, like, have some sort of cordial friendship, but if we're if this person seems really attached based on this question, there seems to be some some real deep pain there. Like I, you, man, you got to cut that relationship out of your life. You really do, and it's gonna hurt. It won't be fun, but it will help you in time. You will heal in time. And if that person can't respect that, like you need to have a conversation with them. Just point like, hey, in order for me to get over this, I can't be friends with you, um, and so I need to end this relationship as a whole. Uh, I think can help speed up the process at least or not cause more pain that's great i'll answer this question and then we'll move on to uh sex i know you're all waiting for that so um but this question is around breakups too but it's just why does god let us hurt if he loves us it's like a deep theological thought why does god let us hurt if he loves us so here's what i would say um is god has given man uh an ability to make choices Right? We all have the ability to make choices. Sometimes those choices are really good, and sometimes those choices are really bad. And sometimes your really bad choices don't just affect you, they affect other people. Uh, that could go for anything, right? And so know that, like, in God's human design, which is good, that he created you with the ability to make a choice, right? And to, to choose to love him, to, to whatever it is, right? To pick up your pen right now. God's not, like... You're not a robot. He's not, like, controlling the pen you're writing with, right? Um, but it, but there's a risk in that, right, in that there can be hurt because of that because people can hurt people. and There can be pain because people can cause pain and make choices that, that aren't, aren't right. But I think it's important to recognize, and this is, the, this is huge, is when it comes to this, is just because there is pain in your life and God might use that pain uh, to, as a point of redemption or a point to draw you closer to him or a way for you to grow and learn, here's what you need to know. God's not the author of the pain. He's the healer of it. Somebody else made a choice to cause pain. God didn't force them to make that choice, right? So a lot of times when brokenness happens, people blame God for it. But the reality is, is we have to take responsibility for our choices and actions and consequences that come with those. And I think, um, yeah, it's just important to understand that God's not the causer of your pain. He's the healer of it, right? Um, but yeah, cool. Let's talk about sex. Awesome. Um, that was my transition. Um, <laughs> so there's, a, there's some really great questions here. I'll start with the big ones, and then uh, hopefully we'll lighten the load in a minute here. But it says, how far is too far? If you're in a relationship and know you're not going to have sex and you've set that boundary, is it okay to do other things? What can you do? What can't you do? Pretty specific question, but uh, I think it's really good. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> so I don't want to get up here and preach what I did three weeks ago, so one of you guys can do it. I feel like if you're asking that question, then maybe you've gone too far. Yeah, that's great. I think to add to that, like, your 
you have a little voice in your head that's like, mm, like maybe you did something, and then the next day you're like, ooh, I don't feel good about that. <coughs> that's a huge indicator that you've gone too far. So stop at holding hands. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't look at each other. No, but what about more practically? Like, what would you guys say? Seriously, I mean, we can have a real conversation with you guys. You're wondering. We've, we've already gone here the other week. So, like, I would say from, like, that scripture Jen and I taught, uh, and if you haven't listened to it, you can go check it out on the podcast. So we talked about sex, and the scripture we use is when Paul says, flee from sexual immorality. Uh, and so that sexual immorality is not just talking about, like, the act of sex. It's talking about all of the, all of the stuff included in it. And he says, flee, so run from it. And remember what we learned was we don't just do that because God doesn't want you to enjoy life. He's doing it because there's a proper time and a proper way to engage in those things. And if you do it too early, it can have a negative effect on you later on, right? Again, go listen to that message. I'm not going to re-preach it. But I think it's important to recognize that, like, this includes a lot of that stuff. I would say, just to be frank with you guys, like, if you're in a situation with your significant other and you're kissing or whatever and there's a constant temptation to take the next step and to push the boundary, you are already going too far, right? Um, like you, you're pushing it to a point where like it's, in it, it's, it's, it's leading you away from the Lord, right? It's leading you away from intimacy with God because you're engaging in intimacy with somebody else that the Lord hasn't designed for you. Um, so yeah, I would, I would set strict boundaries with that stuff. I will tell you that Jen and I, when we were in college, a big thing that was a part of our college ministry that we had honestly had to work through later on in marriage, but like we really committed to like, man, we're, we're going to do our best to not be alone very often because like we could watch a movie and hang out in the living room. Like we both had roommates and stuff similar to honestly you living with your parents, but we were like, let's not go in each other's room and shut the door. Because we know that something bad's going to happen if that if that's the case, and so we'd stay in the living room if we wanted alone time, or we'd <coughs> go whatever if we wanted to be away from people, we'd go to a coffee shop or whatever it was. Um, but I think setting up those those healthy boundaries stops you from from making choices that you're going to regret. Um, but yeah, any any other uh, heavy making out is definitely going to lead to more shame. So I think like. Yeah. Just uh, kissing and hugging maybe be okay. <laughs> but that's, that's a good example. Yeah. My daughter and my kid boys, but I mean, I've been there before, and just like I don't know, your I don't know what the chemical reaction starts happening in your brain. But when you're heavy making out, it's it's hard to stop. Yeah. To get to that point, so I would probably not get to that point. Yeah. It'd probably be a good boundary. You got something. Um, this is just kind of how I've always interpreted that uh, scripture that you shared where Paul says to flee. Um, I always just in like advising my uh, guys who struggle with just like any type of like lust things and like sexual morality. He says to flee because like no matter how hard you try to like I'm going to ride this line. I'm not going to go across it. If you sit there trying to like ride the line and like there's still an opportunity to be like you will you will fail every time. That's why that's like the only sin, now you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure that's like one of the only area, sins in the Bible where it says to like flee and run because like you on your own, your own strength, you will f like fail 10 times out of 10 eventually if you stay riding that line. So if you just make a habit of like, I'm just going to run away from any 
opportunities or like any like situations that will put me to where I may cross the line, like you just got to run from those because if you put yourself in those situations, you're going to mess up and you're going to you're going to go too far. Yeah, that's good. That's good. This kind of leads into that. So like this person says, how do I create healthy boundaries that still make me feel loved when my love language is physical touch? So if you don't know what the love languages are, they're kind of everyone has uh, various someone's alarms going off. Um, various uh, kind of ranking of them. Correct me, I should know this because I teach all our premarital classes. But it's uh, physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service. <sighs> yes. So that you, we all fall into one of those or a few of those. So this person feels loved when they experience physical touch, right? They might like to cuddle, hug, they like a back rub, whatever it is. So how do you create good boundaries when that is your love language? I think we have to think about it um, as a whole. Like, just because physical touch is your love language doesn't mean it's best. Um, yeah. Like, if your love language is physical touch, it's literally just like this right here. Um, so I think that's where we just have to really break down what it means to have a love language of physical touch. And so it doesn't have to be intimacy and sex. It can just be sitting next to somebody and physically touching them. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I think in terms of boundaries, like what you're saying, physical touch is not sexual, sexual touch, right? And so <clears throat> trying to think of how to support your significant other in the best way possible. So if physical touch is their love language, trying not to push that so that you're making them stumble or making yourself stumble is also a good boundary to consider as well. So like if even kissing makes it so that like it makes them want to approach it farther, take a step back. We're just going to cuddle for a while. Let's go for a walk, something like that to calm down because you don't want to stumble and you don't want to cause each other to stumble. Yeah, that's good. <coughs> so kind of along those boundary conversations, like how do you have a boundary conversations with someone you're with? Uh, how do you let them know about your boundaries and come to a point of agreement? What does that look like? Obviously, you need to have the conversation. So what is, I guess I'll frame it this way. What happens if you're on different pages? You got to respect each other. And I would say, like, if my boundary is kissing, but his boundary is making out, I would want him to respect my boundary of kissing because it's less than. Yeah. If somebody's boundary is we're going to hold hands and the other one's is like, I'm not going to touch you. Okay, maybe there's uh, other issues extreme. that need to get dug up. <laughs> but <laughs> I would say try to res like do the one that respects both of them if possible. So this that's great. So here's the next question. What do I do if I feel pressured to do things I don't want to do? Yeah, but for real, like being sensitive that that's a real thing and – it can happen for both the girl or the guy. What, what do you do when you're, when you're in a position that you feel like if you don't say yes to what they're asking, they're going to be disappointed in you? Speak up. Be honest. Big boy pants or big girl pants. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Because if you're not going to speak up, they're not going to know. And you're going to feel bad, and they're going to think, oh, that's what you want. So you've got to be honest. actually going to carry shame around that and you might not realize that until later on in life um, and so just really think about like is this something that I want to take on with me um, and definitely don't 
idea of how it works or I just say no within my boundaries and I just stick with it. Yeah, I think that's good. I think too, um, maybe this is leaning more on the, the high sensitivity of it, but I'll just say like if you guys are in a position where y a boyfriend or a girlfriend is, is putting you in a place and you don't feel like you can talk to them, come talk to an adult, come talk to one of us. Um, because that's that's crossing some like real gray area that I know is 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 hard to figure out, and so I think if you find yourself in a place of fear uh, that if I have this conversation with someone they're gonna they're gonna whatever um, like invite somebody else in the conversation so you're not alone in that uh, I think that's super important um, but yeah yeah go ahead Phil I think just for the guys in the room because I feel like. I don't know, I feel like more often than not, that's probably, if we're being honest, that's probably the guys who are pushing the boundary. I might be, I could be wrong. I don't know. But I just, you as a, as a man should never, that shouldn't even, like, the second that you are, like, that there's something that is even, like, a little bit, like, I don't know, you should just be, like, okay. And just, like, you shouldn't even, like, you should have enough, like, res respect for yourself and just, like, be secure enough as a man to be like I don't need to like in like receive satisfaction whatever for, like from what your girlfriend or whatever just like you you should like you should just not do that <laughs> like you shouldn't yeah I think you're hitting on a, honestly like if you're at that place you've gone too far if you as a yeah. guy can't shut it down mm -hmm. when she says no you've taken it way too far um and so, yeah, that needs to be a huge wake-up call for you. I think, too, there's a stack order of these conversations, right? Because, um, man, if you have the boundaries conversation before you're in that moment, that's kind of like you're able to be like, hey, like we said we weren't going to do this. Can you stop asking this? Can you stop putting me in a compromising position, whatever it is, um, I think is really important. And I think, too, like there's an importance on the agreement of the boundaries. I think... Someone hit on this one of the weeks. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was Jenna. It all blurs together. But, like, like, yeah, Jenna shouldn't have to convince me of what our boundaries should be. And I shouldn't have to convince Jenna of what our boundaries should be. We should be mutually, like, submitting to each other and coming, coming to terms with it. Because if, if she's got to convince me to do it, guess what? The boundary's going to get crossed. He's going to get upset. Whatever it is. You've got to be able to get on the same page. And if you can't, you need to get out of the relationship. Like, point blank. Um, so, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I, I just so. wanted to add to that as well. Like, if you don't agree on the boundaries, then eventually you're going to have to protect yourself from the person that you love, and that's not a good position to be in if you guys, like, plan on having a relationship for a long time. So. You got something? No? I got one kind of last question on sex. Well, I was going to add something. Uh, alcohol and drugs do alter your state and the, your boundaries. So I don't think that's in these questions, but I would just like to address it because something I kind of struggled with when I was in high school. Uh, basically, don't let it get to that point, right? So don't drink to the point where you can't make proper decisions, don't do... Well, don't drink, period, in yeah. high school. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you are or not, but I'm just saying it, it makes you forget your boundaries. Yeah, for sure. You're right. Dead on. Yeah, so this question is uh, our last one around the topic of sex uh, revolves around pornography. How do you battle pornography? 
I feel like as bad as I want to stop, I can't. What do I do? So I will say this. We're going to answer this here. Uh, I know that I'm probably going to give a specific talk just on pornography at some point in the new year because it's come up enough uh, as we've done this series that I realize we didn't give it enough space, uh, and it's a way bigger thing. I'll also say, before we answer this question, um, this is not a guy issue. This is also a girl issue, and I think there's shame. Um, obviously, there's shame in all of it, but it, it seems to be way more taboo for girls to talk about it. And I think um, to kick off answering that question, you need to you need to have people in your life who love Jesus who are holding you accountable. And so, if there's so much shame that you can't let people into that, um, like it's just going to stay in the dark, right? And it's just going to grow and get out of out of control. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll leave that open to whoever wants to speak into that. I think you touched on this a couple weeks ago, but I think a big thing is like the only way you're going to like ultimately like beat that is one like putting like you can't leave it in the dark and you have to like just put your faith in Jesus that cuz you're not going to be strong enough, but he's obviously strong enough. And like, just daily, like, waking up and asking Jesus to, like, purify your heart and mind and just making a habit of every day being like, Jesus, like, purify my mind and my heart. And, like, I don't want any unclean thoughts or anything entering, like, just, pr- like, asking for him to protect you from any uh, stuff like that is just a good, like, practical thing that definitely helped me in just, like, waking up and being, like, asking, literally just asking Jesus to help you, you know. I think another thing that might be very intimidating is to uh, ask your parents or talk to your parents about it also so they could be a support and you can bring that uh, to the forefront within your family and the boundaries of your home so they can support you. Uh, Additionally, these things make it so easy to be influenced by ads on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. It doesn't matter. They find you really quick. They show you these little things, and then all of a sudden, you're on the wrong thing. So I would uh, try to fast away from media or your phones and your computer. If you're in these situations, you really don't need this. I didn't have one in high school, so you probably don't need one in high school either. So uh, you can live without it. Trust me. Um, So I would just try to fast from it so you can get past this point of operating and looking at pornography. Eliminate the tools that give you that ability to look at it. That's good. Just, uh, and, and I share this, I think, on a Sunday morning recently uh, with my journey on this a little bit. But I would say there's two main things that are going on. One is uh, your, uh, I don't know, addiction to this, need for this, whatever you want to call it, um, is, a, is at its core a heart issue. It's a pain issue. There's something that isn't being satisfied in the Lord, hasn't been healed. And so it's like this expression outward. It could be rejection, isolation. There's, there's tons of different expressions or manifestations of it. But on the, on the other side of it, uh, enough people aren't very practical. Meaning like Brian brought up the phone, the computer thing. Like you, there's ways to not let yourself have access to this. There are. Um, the iOS, I know for a fact, because it's still on my phone, there's a way for everything to be blocked as far as adult 
stuff goes. Um, so you've got to take those steps to do that. And those steps can be a conversation with a small group leader, like Brian said, with a parent, but somebody to help hold you accountable, right? So you've got to be able to bring that in a light. And then practically, like, you have to cut this off. Like, there, you have to get yourself in a position where, man, you can't have access to this. Because as strong and as much willpower as you want to believe that you have, you will always have a moment where you don't have enough willpower. And if you have access to it, you will access it. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, <laughs> but that is just a fact. Uh, but yeah, it is, at the end of the day, it's a heart issue, right, uh, of, of, man, why, what need is this fulfilling? Why am I running to this? Why am I going to this? But all of this comes down to what I said at the beginning and, and what you guys said. Like, this needs to be brought out in the light, right? And so I've, man, tons of you uh, over the years, even in, during this series, have pulled me aside and had conversations like this. Like, don't be, a f- like, that's literally these, we show up on Wednesday nights to be that for you, to be somebody in your life that you can share anything with and will help you work through it, right? So if there's anybody that maybe you don't feel comfortable in your peers or your parents or whatever it is, like your small group leaders are there to help you fight for this and help you work through this stuff, right? And um, yeah, and I'm sure you got friends too uh, of just diving into that. So yeah, that's uh, that's what I would say on that. I don't want to... go too much longer because I want to give you guys some time in small group. Uh, I'm sure you guys got tons of other questions. Uh, I'm going to let you guys ask those questions to us off air or uh, or you can grab your uh, small group leader and your small groups to answer those. Cool. Um, I would, uh, I'm going to, let's do it in small group. Cool. Just because I want to make sure. Let's do it in small group. All right. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to break out into small group right now uh, for you guys to go and get time for you to kind of dissect and unpack some of this stuff a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to dismiss quickly so you guys get enough time because we definitely took too much time, and I'm sorry. Um, yes? Can I just say one more thing? Yeah. Um, I just want to address the people that are, are dating someone that is addicted to porn because that's also a real thing. And I know this might sound like extremely harsh, but that person is already in a relationship and it's not with you. So you should like leave that person for sure. Yeah. Sorry if that was hard. Yeah. I I would like say no, I know what you're saying. If the, if person. that person is unwilling to work in it. Because yeah. if it's able to be brought into the light yeah. and there's a there's a, a striving towards being free. Okay, I wouldn't be like, married if that was the case. That's the only reason I say that. But you can justifiably <laughs> give someone space if they're, like, addicted to drugs. True. That's true. So I'm saying, like, it kind yeah. of holds, like, an equal weight. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are just, like... You uh, definitely shouldn't be in a place to just accept it as, like, a normal part of yeah. a relationship because it's not. Yeah. Space. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, yeah. Richard. I didn't mean no. to attack no, you. No, no. You're good. You're good. We're on the same page. We just said it differently. Um but awesome, guys. Hey, last thing, and I want to make this super clear because we hit on these really quick. I'm serious. If you didn't hear week one or week two, uh, week one was on dating, week two was on sex, we just, man, we really hit some of these things at a much deeper level than we were able to hit tonight. And so even if you're listening to this later, scroll back up in the podcast, dive into it. I really believe that the Lord is going to use that stuff to bless you guys, to encourage you. But, yeah, run to your small groups. We love you. Uh, see you at the Christmas party. Bye. (laughs) Please throw away your trash.